Welcome back to the Evidence for Faith courses with Michael Lane. If you are enjoying our content and would like to hear more courses just like this one, you can become a donor at evidenceforfaith.org give. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org give. And while you are on the website, make sure to check out our other events and bookings. Our next big event is the Marine Biology Adventure Course for ages 14 and up. This introductory level marine biology course includes a variety of hands-on experiences and close encounters with God's creation. This is one of the most budget-friendly marine biology programs in the country and the only one with a core Christian foundation. To find out more about this program, visit evidenceforfaith.org marinebiology or check the events tab on the website. You can find these links and more in the description below. Thank you for listening and enjoy the course. Hi, welcome to Evidence for Faith. It's your host, Michael Lane. So glad you're joining me as we begin a new series, a whole new series on the different translations of the Bible. Why so many translations? And this is going to be a really interesting series where we're going to talk in each session about a specific translation or version of the Bible. Uh, now, this is an important topic because, and the reason I'm doing this is because so many times I get asked questions dealing with this. Uh, back in the 1990s, when I was teaching in Illinois in high school, a student after, uh, towards the end of class asked me, um, pointing to my Bible on my desk, Michael, if the Bible's the Word of God, how come, in how come we have so many different versions of it? Likewise, a teacher, um, just a few years after that, a colleague of mine, uh, one night we were sitting and just reminiscing about certain things as we were just sitting at a table talking, and I had a Bible sitting there in front of me, and he, he uh, pointed to the Bible, and he says, something I don't understand about the Bible. He says, I know that you think it's the Word of God, but if it's the Word of God, how come there's so many different versions of it? I mean, this, this goes on and on and on. I keep getting asked questions like this, or just recently I was speaking to a retreat, um, and at this retreat is my lesson was going on. I was using a PowerPoint and was talking about different um, different aspects of this passage I was describing and reading. I had different um, quoted up on the screen um, that I was using. I had the English Standard Version, and then I showed a New American Standard Version, and then I showed an NIV. And right then as I was doing this, a hand shot up, and I said, yeah, what's your question? And this person asked me, why are there so many different translations? I mean, I get asked this all the time. Um, also, just probably not even six weeks ago, I was speaking at a place and a person asked me, what is the best translation to use? I had another person ask me just recently, just within the last two weeks, which translation is actually the right one to use? Oh my gosh, this goes on and on. When we were on a, our Israel trip, a person pulled me aside uh, at one point and asked me, after we had read a passage um, standing at a, at a um, biblical uh, place, asked me the question, which translation do you think I should be using as I study my Bible? Uh, because there's so many different ones. And so because of these questions I get asked all the time, 
um, the staff at Evidence for Faith, we thought that it was time that we better do a series on this. So it is something that I've been teaching for many years. Over 20 years, I've taught classes on the different various translations. And because I get asked oh, so often, as I've just described, questions about them. Uh, I got to tell you, this was really interesting just to make um, to make my point here. Uh, I was a number of years ago visiting the Mall of America. It was before Christmas. The place was packed. <clears throat> and I told my family, well, um, when they're going to go shopping around, I said, I'm just going to go to the Barnes & Noble. And when you get tired of looking or want to get ready for lunch or something, just come over and find me in the Barnes & Noble. Uh, that's where you'll find me. And so they did. They left me off and dropped me off. We used to do this frequently when we went to malls. If there was a Barnes & Noble there, they would just drop me off there. And I went over on this occasion, and I was reading a book in the military history section. It's one of my favorite places to go. And I was reading a book, and uh, all of a sudden, there's nobody around me, but I, I got this really strange feeling, um, like a little voice inside of me, Michael, get over to the Bible section right now. And I, I mean, it was so strong of a, of a message that I was like very compelled to, to do it. I closed the book I had, put it back on the shelf, and I was just like iron filings to a magnet. I was just drawn to the Bible section. And I walked over and got in the Bible section, a large aisle that they had at that store there, just full of Bibles. And I got there, and there's nobody else in there, and I'm just standing here looking at the Bibles. And I say, well, God, I feel like you told me to come over here, so why do you have me here? There's there's no people here. There's nothing going on. Why, why am I standing in front of all these Bibles? At that moment, a clerk came walking down the aisle with two middle-aged ladies and walked down uh, just within about five feet of me. And this clerk says, with, he raised his arms and he said to the ladies, well, here's where we have our Bibles. So go ahead and browse around. If you if you find something you like, you know, I'll be back up at the counter, but you can just look through. If something's wrapped, go ahead and unwrap it. You can read it and put it back if, when you're done. Um, but just you know, help yourselves here. I have to get back to the to the counter, to the desk. And one of the ladies says, but which one um, are uh, is, is the right one to use? And the clerk turns and says, uh, with his hands up in the air, I don't know anything about them. I, I have no knowledge about the Bible. He says, just pick out whatever you like, and I'll, I'll see you. i got to get up to the counter. So he walked off. I'm just standing here. He walks off, walks down the aisle, turns, and he's gone. The two ladies are looking at each other like, now what do we do? We're standing here with all these Bibles, and they're just standing, looking, scanning with their eyes at all the different translations um, that are right here on the shelves in front of them. I'm talking hundreds of Bibles, of course. And one of them said, I wish there was somebody here who could help us. And I, at this point, I, I couldn't stay quiet anymore. And I said, I mean, they're just standing two, three feet away from me at this point. I said, excuse me. I couldn't help it over here. Um, maybe I can help you. Um, are you looking for a specific type of Bible? And they said, well, we just became born-again Christians this past week and uh, this past Sunday. And the thing is, we, we know we, we want to grow in our relationship with God, and we need a Bible. we we got to get a Bible that we can we can read and see what God tells us. And I said, yeah, you're right. That's That's important to have a Bible. But they said, we don't know which one to get. We don't know anything about them. 
we just became Christians. Can you help us? And I said, well, um, yeah, I think I can help you. And they said, do you have any knowledge about these different types? I said, actually, I teach classes on this. And they're like, oh, my gosh, thank God for putting you right here. So we proceeded to go through a whole lot of different Bibles. I was pulling out different translations, explaining how this translation was made, um, why it was made, how it was formed, what its um, primary purposes are and what you can use it for. And we looked at study Bibles. We looked at just like even pew Bibles. We went through all different types of Bibles. Actually, I ended up standing there with them for about an hour to an hour and a half going through the Bibles until finally we picked out exactly what they were looking for, um, what they needed and stuff. And so they gave me a hug. I gave them my business card. And I said, if you have any questions, feel free to call me or whatever. You can email me. And they went off and, and very happy, big smiles on their faces. And what was really interesting, too, about a week later, I did get a, a phone call from one of them who, again, thanked me for this Bible. They said they absolutely love this Bible and, um, and so enjoying it and just thank God that God put me right there at that spot to help them um, in, in purchasing their Bible. So interesting things happen like this. How many Christians, and even people who have been Christians for a long time, been raised with maybe one or two Bibles, they... They just don't know what it is with all these different Bibles. What's this translation have over this one, or why was this one um, made? And do pastors just literally look for a translation that says what they want it to say, and then they put that up there? Well, I, maybe there are some pastors that do that. I don't know personally anybody who does that. But anyway, what this series is going to be about, as we're just doing the introduction here right now, is we are going to cover in this series 20, yes, 20 different versions and translations of the Word of God. And each lesson will focus on one. So these lessons will not be very long in duration, um, but we will focus on each um, of these 20 different versions that we have. Now, Michael, what do you mean we're going to focus on something here? What, can you give us a little bit more of a clue? Certainly. Um, we're going to look at what is the translation that they have. You know, we'll give it a title to it. Each lesson will have its title as to what translation it is. But then I'm going to describe what type of version is it. Um, we'll answer the question, uh, why did Christians think that we needed another version to be made like this? Believe it or not, there are special purposes behind many translations being made. We will discuss those purposes. We'll talk about the date it was made and when it was completed. In some cases, there's been updates to many of them. We'll talk about those. One thing that I want to focus on, I am an educator. Um, I have a degree in education. So I want to make sure people understand that there's a readability level to different translations. Some, like the New American Standard Bible, is written on a collegiate reading level, where some others are written... Um, in a very, very simplistic lower or mid-elementary level. So there's different ones, and we'll, um, we'll cover the readability of these. Um, there have been many reading tests that have been done, and I'll give you the results of those. I'm going to talk about how these different translations were made. Was there somebody instrumental in doing it, or was there some committee? Uh, we'll talk about that. What sources? This is very important. What sources were used in making this? In some cases, this may surprise some of you with certain translations uh, or versions, I should say. 
We'll also talk about its unique features. Different translations, different versions often have very unique features that make it so different than the rest. Uh, one of which is classic is the Amplified Bible, which we will do in one of the uh, early lessons coming up here. We'll be talking about that one. Um, it's got some really interesting features to it. Uh, I will also address <clears throat> if there's any problems or difficulties um, with the version, or should we be aware of something about this? Because we don't have you know, the original manuscripts from God himself. We don't have these, but we've got copies of these. And as we've talked about in other uh, series, these things have been copied so accurately and so meticulously to make sure that they stay true. So in some cases, though, we're going to talk about little maybe difficulties or problems with certain versions. And what I will do also at the end of each one of these lessons, I'll give you my personal view of um, if there's any little details I just want to add on my own. Also, I want to um, give you not just my personal take on it, but uh, I want to give you towards the end of each one of these lessons some maybe a unique little story about each one, the, the way that it was made and stuff. So there's there's interesting things, and we will cover also in doing this, we're going to look at one passage of Scripture, and through all of the these 20 versions, we will uh, read the same passage. It's going to be uh, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, um, and we're going to take a look at it and read it through each version. And so if you keep track of how we go through these, you'll be able to see them. And also, there are great Bible uh, software programs and stuff that are out there. Some are just free. You can just go to them on the Internet. BibleHub.com. Yes, it's BibleHub.com um, is one. Uh, Gateways is another one. There are so many out there. Um, and you, many times you can uh, download programs and stuff, or you can purchase them, logos and stuff. You can get a lot of different ones. But um, if you have these Bibles, you can have it along with you as we, when you open it up and compare your Bible uh, with the one that we're describing would be a really cool thing to do. So take your favorite Bible that you have as we go through this, and we'll look through it, and I'll tell you some of the things about it. Um, before I go any further, though, I want to explain something, because I'll be using this terminology uh, throughout this series, because there are different types or translations that are out there. They can basically be broken down into three. So three types of versions or translations exist of our, our Bibles today, one of which is called a formal equivalence, formal equivalence. It's the same thing as, another way of saying it, it's a word-for-word -word translation. What the, the scholars did in making this translation, if it's a formal equivalence or word-for-word, -word, is to produce a version that tries to retain the word order and sentence structure of the original Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic languages. In other words, what they did is they, they took the ancient manuscripts and they literally go word by word trying to figure out what's the closest English equivalent and putting it in order, uh, in, in a text form. That's what they do. So these are what we would call just very simply, these are going to be the more accurate versions to the original manuscripts. Another way 
of um, making a translation or version is called functional, or it's sometimes called dynamic uh, equivalence. So functional equivalence, dynamic equivalence, actually what that means, let's just put it really simply, means a thought-for-thought -thought translation. To produce this, um, the scholars take the languages, the manuscripts that they had, and, and um, what they do then is they try and put it into uh, the reader's language. Like in our case in the United States, they put it into English. And what they did is they used the closest comparable meaning, the meaning and the style of the original Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic languages. In other words, if I just confused you on that, it's basically this. Okay, what is God trying to tell us in this sentence or in this passage? And let's just put it in our own language, easy to understand. So it doesn't follow the actual wording as closely as a uh, formal equivalence. It gets the idea of, okay, what's God saying in this verse? basically in English, and that's how that's done. And there are many of these uh, that have become very popular just in the last 50 years. These have become extremely popular. There is another type, though, and it's called a paraphrase. So the third type is a paraphrase, which is literally just a pastor or a couple, just a small group of people, their personal interpretation of the Word of God. This produces their own personal view of what God is saying. Um, and in most cases, this is written by one individual. Thus, he's paraphrasing what he believes is the Word of God. Now, he might be using the, an older translation, say like King James, or he might be someone who is scholarly and, and using the Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, whatever. Um, but because they do this because languages change. And so the, the paraphraser is their, their primary goal is to try and capture the tone, capture the conversation, uh, the feel, if you will, of the ancient language, and put it into contemporary English. Some of the very famous ones of these are like the Message and Phillips version, and so there's things like that. So those are the three, and I'll use those terms, um, like the formal, dynamic, uh, paraphrase, those words very frequently, and um, just to let you know what they are. I'll often refer to them also as word-for-word, word, thought for thought and paraphrase. But anyway, you might be wondering, so what's going to be covered in this study? Well, we're going to be doing the following, and I'll just leave you with this. The, these are going to be the following translations or versions we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing the King James, or the authorized version. We'll be doing the New King James in another lesson. Uh, we'll look at the New Revised Version. We will look at the New American Standard Bible. And we'll look at one that's very new, just came out last year, called The Legacy. Uh, there's the English Standard. We will be doing the Christian Standard, which is a rewrite of what's called the Holman Christian Standard Bible. The, so the Christian Standard Bible. The Amplified Bible, that's, that's a one I've mentioned already. We'll be talking about the message, uh, Philip's translation or Philip's version. We'll talk about the Living Bible. Wow, that was such a big seller when it first came out. Um, the New Living Translation, very popular one today. The Complete Jewish Bible, one that I frequently use. Um, it's in the bookcase right behind me in my study here that I use frequently. The Net Bible, New English Translation. Um, 
that is now available on the last few years in print. It used to only be on the internet, but now it's in print. And that's a one I frequently use too. The NIV, that's still one of the best-selling translations today. Uh, God's Word translation, we'll be talking about that one. You might not have heard of that one. Or the um, the Century, or, uh, the sorry, not the Century, it's called the Common English Version. We'll be doing that one. Um, the Berean Bible, which has become sort of popular in certain circles here um, in the United States just in the last few years. Uh, the Good News Translation, which was one that really launched um, a lot of Bibles back in the 1960s, new things getting uh, made. And then I'm going to conclude this by doing the interlinear, the interlinear Bible. And those will be the ones, there's 20 uh, lessons there that we'll be talking about. As I say, these lessons will not be super long. Uh, they're going to be uh, concise to the point, just going through these things to let you see the different versions of the Bible. So I hope you'll join me as we take a look at these different versions of the Bible and answer these questions um, about them. And maybe you'll want to purchase them, but you can download all of these for free on the internet and read these also. So with that, that's the end of our introduction. And um, following this will be our first lesson, which we'll be doing on the King James or the Authorized Version. So I hope you'll tune in to uh, this next lesson as we explore the different versions of the Word of God. So until we meet again, take care and may God bless. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you to our donors who make this program possible. You can help us produce the next course by becoming a donor at evidenceforfaith.org give or use the links in the description. Don't forget to leave a comment, a review, likes, and shares to feed the algorithm and help others find this content. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.